drug addiction. International terrorism. Freeway killers. Now, more than ever, it's it is important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Don't miss Charles Dickens' immortal classic, Scrooge. Your life might just depend on it. Not bad, huh? Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Look out! Get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down to 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hello, divers! Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast Holiday year end holiday extravaganza Ooh. i am tom peeney writer for wang's Shop movie magazine new issue available now look for it on amazon.com and with me as always is my incomparable co-host the mandalorian the mandalorian <laughs> no it's just manda it's regular old manda does that make me baby yoda <sighs> no i don't have the ears for it i'm sorry no you don't no, you don't i wish we could dedicate an entire episode to talking about Baby Yoda. We could, but I don't think we will. We won't. Uh, it's not even his name. I know, guys. We don't. don't ha- he doesn't us. have a name. Just that's the child. true. He's just a child. Yeah, we don't even know what species he is because we don't know what species Yoda is. This is true. We also don't have any merch. Where's the merch, Disney? It's coming. It's coming. It's so funny because they had a similar problem when the original Star Wars came out, because at the time no one thought toys would be sold for Star Wars because nobody thought it was going to be a hit. They thought thought it was going to bomb. Right. So when it was a hit, nobody was ready. They had nothing ready pretty much for the holiday season that year. Right. So uh, the toy company that was uh, contracted, Kenner, Oh. they yeah. sold an empty box to kids. <laughs> an empty box that, that had a certificate in it says, you send this in, we'll send you the action figures when they're ready. Star Wars figures. R2-D2. Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores. With this colorful Star Wars picture display stand and certificate to send in to get a set of figures by mail. They'll be sent to you at home between February 1st and June 1st. The Star Wars early bird certificate package, new from Kenner. That empty box sold more than any other empty box in history. I can imagine. So that was pretty cool. It was a pretty clever way to get around it. But oh, yeah. yeah, so this they they apparently were not totally prepared for the uh, phenomenon that is Baby Yoda. But I find that hard to believe. Like just looking at him, you know how adorable he is. Yes, but I think part of that had to deal with they wanted to keep it as secret as possible, so okay. they didn't leak yeah. any pictures to anyone. I'm at surprised all. this kept under wraps. Because yeah. most things do get spoiled somehow. They usually do. Yeah, good job, Disney. Um, yeah, yeah. And in fact, the spoilers uh, for the next Star Wars movie coming out this week, mm-hmm. as we're recording this, is mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen anything too 
yeah. damaging yet. Yeah. So yeah. thank goodness, because I don't want to be spoiled. I try to avoid like movie trailers and spoilers until I actually see the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I can be totally surprised. These days, that's really hard to do. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. You know? So why are we here? Now, it's not because, because we have no friends. Well, no, that's well, that's true, but that's not it. And it's not because we made a demonic covenant with an unnameable hell beast. Uh, <laughs> no, we're here to uncover some of the hidden gems or unusual offerings lurking in your streaming media services. Now, we've been away for a while. We have. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Thank uh, you. We had a bit of an unexpected break due to both technical and weather issues. And getting arrested. Yeah. Well, we don't talk, Never mind. Don't talk about that. Yeah. So uh, our Thanksgiving show exploded like a frozen turkey dunked into hot fry oil. Uh, then, shockingly enough, winter hit New England and dumped a ton of tiny crystalline ninja stars everywhere. So that, that hampered that a little bit. Yeah. But here we are back in time for this, our year-end holiday special. Yeah, thanks so, to everyone who stuck around with yes, us. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, we we sort of apologize for the unintended break, but it actually, I think, turned out to be okay because, you know, yeah. we had to regroup a little bit. Yep. And we're now we're somewhat rested and ready to go. Yeah. It has been uh, for, I think, uh, I think I can speak for both of us, uh, a bit of a roller coaster the last few weeks. Hmm. You yeah, know, I mean, on all fronts. It definitely has. And it was nice to spend time with family. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, we came back to what we truly love, which is this podcast. Exactly. So now we've got, you know, we've got a, over, a little over a year of podcasts mm -hmm. under our belts. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any fond memories or uh, oh. any memories of the past year of, the, of our little adventure here? That's, oh, let me see. I have so many of our favorite ones. Like, oh, uh, episode 27, the Buddy Cop movies. Oh, that was I in that was one? so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, that one was hilarious because everyone thought we were just going to do the Mel Gibson movies. Right. But we were like, no, there are so many other no. better ones out there. Uh, what about our entire month-long Halloween specials? That was probably one of my favorite, uh, you know, so some much of my fun. favorite podcasts. We had guests on there. We had uh, Jay and Dean from the Belligerents podcast. Yeah, we had yeah. Paloma on here. That's right. Oh, so, so, so fun. It was um, a lot of fun. And it's kind of like my favorite time of the year anyways. And so to have four consecutive, it was a lot of work too, four consecutive yes. episodes. I think it, um, I think it broke us. Yeah, it might have. That's why our turkey episode went afoul. Oh, gobble, gobble. Gobble, 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 gobble. Oh, uh, what about, uh, oh, 26, historical fiction. Yeah, that's that's, that I know that's a my personal favorite, favorite for yep, you. That really is. Yes, absolutely. Um, love Outlander. Come back in February. Oh, <laughs> bodice, bodice ripper. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, you know what was also a good one, too? Mm. The Mother's Day one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one, it, was, it took an unexpected turn where it got a little bit darker than I expected, yeah. even on my end, but it was really good. And it's really popular with our audiences, too. Yes, that was one of our, I think, most uh, most listened to yeah. podcasts, yeah. which is great. So thank you, everybody, yeah, absolutely. for listening and sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But let's get to the meat and potatoes, shall we? Oh, yes. Our topic this episode is a true holiday classic. The story of a mean old fart who learns to not be such a mean old fart thanks to indigestion-fueled nightmares brought on by a likely bout of food poisoning because it was in the mid-Victorian era. I am, of course, talking about Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Have you ever had indigestion, though, when you're trying to go to sleep? It's a nightmare. It is a literal nightmare. Yeah, it's horrible. It is not cool. It is not cool. Yeah. So, A Christmas Carol was first published in 1843 and told the timeless tale of redemption and this tale has been told and retold and retold many, many times since, mm -hmm. both on the stage 
and screen. We've had plays, musicals, operas even, <laughs> and of course, countless movies and TV shows based on this parodies. fine, yeah, parodies yeah. based on this fine public domain classic. <laughs> Thanks, Charles Dickens. Yeah, way to give us some filler. <laughs> so that's our topic. So since there have been so many versions of this story, uh, we thought we'd pick our favorites. Yeah. So as our resident Scrooge Mandip, uh, why don't you uh, get the first pick? All right, I guess I will. So <clears throat> what I love about this story is that, you know, Bob Cratchit, really, he is the symbolic, you know, uh, underpaid worker. Yes, of course. But every, you know, beaten down dog, every um, person who's had a hard time can all fall under the same Bob Cratchit sort of, mm -hmm. um, you know, perspective respect i guess yeah. but i was also thinking um how this kind of relates to our own uh area of the world so we hail from uh, new england yes. massachusetts specifically and not too far from here back in the 1900s the bread and roses strike of lawrence happened which was when workers gathered together and were like hey we want better pay and we also want crazy not crazy work hours how'd that work out it worked out for them. It took about uh, like three years, but it worked. Good. Yeah, yeah, good times. Um, but anyways, I chose the 1999 made-for-TV version starring Sir Patrick Stewart, oh, Richard E. Grant, make it show, <laughs> and Joel Grey. Damn you, Merry Christmas, Ebenezer! You will be haunted by three spirits. I am the ghost. Christmas present. Show me no more. Why, you delight in torturing me! Well, tiny Tim will live. Patrick Stewart and Hallmark Entertainment bring you the most spectacular telling of a Christmas carol. Can you forgive a stupid old man? Reawaken the spirit of Christmas. A Christmas carol. Look for it on video cassette and DVD. God bless us, everyone. Now, funny story about Richard E. Grant, before going any further. You know he was in Dracula, right? Yes. But he was also in The Little Vampire. He was also in one of my favorite horror films of all time, Warlock. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. You're the only one that loves that movie. Uh, anyways, so he was in The Little Vampire, right? And do you know his, he was the dad vampire? Do you know his name was Frederick Sackville Bag? Oh, God. You know what that's a reference to, right? No, I don't. <sighs> okay. So there's this guy called Tolkien. I should have said yes, shouldn't I? Yeah. And he developed this entire world and this entire race of races of people. But one of them are called the Hobbits. And Frodo and, well, yeah, Frodo, basically. He's a Hobbit and he's got these cousins called the Sackville Bagginses. Right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of like a nod to them. And I didn't know that until I was researching this movie and then clicked the link on Wikipedia. Ah, so it's just a Tolkien reference. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, it was a made-for-TV special, which originally premiered on the TNT network in America. Um, although it was, uh, it's one of those ones that were like, hey, it's a British-made American show, but also filmed in some part in Britain. It, it's a collab, put it, mm. put it this way. Um, and it came from, uh, Patrick Stewart had recently, that year and the year before, had been in a couple of uh, theater plays for The Christmas Carol. And he did such a fantastic job, and it was so well-received, they were like, hey, let's make money and make a TV show, but we're not going to make too much money, so we're not going to make a feature film mm. yeah i'm one of that kind of thing mm. so um it doesn't really deviate from the main plot of charles dickens's story like 
most of them don't but it does try to give like this like gritty sense of um, realism i guess by using a dark color palette by using things that are like dirty you know like industrial uh, 1800s london dirty kind of thing um actually the cinematographer won an emmy for the cinematography in this movie um but basically uh, you know the story right um it does have a couple of other scenes into this that usually are held out by uh, the other adapt adaptations mm-hmm. like for example there's a scene with sailors and they're on a ship um uh and you don't typically see that in that but it's all just going uh, it's it, basically this um the, the idea is that it, it stretches across many, many classes of people kind of thing. Um, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 7.4 out of 10. Yes. It's pretty high up there, that's right? That's not bad. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 72, uh, and that's all the scores I have. You can get it right now on Vudu for free, YouTube for 99 cents of rental, or if you have subscriptions to Sling TV or Fubo TV. Fubo. Yeah, you can get it for there. Now, Fubo is kind of cool because it is it encompasses basically everything that we've wanted cable boxes to do. Um, but it doesn't have the cool things like Netflix, but they have added that in by giving like like movies yeah. and whatnot. Okay. So it's a little expensive. It's about $55 a month, but it includes mm. 100 premium channels. Plus it has its own backlog of like older movies. It's like its own Netflix within it, but you can also watch football, <laughs> which if you're in New England, that's a good thing. You can watch CSI, all that stuff, because they have the main network channels. Mm. It's a little expensive, but it, when you factor in that it has so much in the package and it's only 55 bucks a month it might be worth checking out interesting yeah so by the way fubo if you're listening hashtag sponsor us please thank you but that was my first pick and my only nice. pick really because there is only one that i really like okay that's not true I got, I got more but that is i think the quintessential one because it's mm-hmm. an it's a more modern version right plus patrick stewart when oh, he's yeah. angry mm. i kind of love him more wow yeah okay yeah Anyways, very nice very it. nice thank you so naturally for me, I, I, I have a tendency to go non-traditional. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. As I do. But my first pick is a very sentimental and personal favorite. Uh, mm. If for no other reason than it was probably the first adaptation of the story that I ever saw. Yep. Uh, it's the 1979 made-for-TV <laughs> movie, An American Christmas Carol. Starring none other than the Fonz himself, Henry Winkler. Oh, is he still alive? He is still alive, yes. He's holding on. (laughs) Uh, So after the show that he was on, Happy Days, which was incredibly popular uh, for ABC, Winkler was given the chance to sort of branch out with other projects. He was uh, afraid of being typecast as this character, which did sort of happen to him because he was kind of an iconic character in the 70s and 80s. He's the Fonz. He's the Fonz. So, uh, but he had the opportunity to do other projects, and he wanted to do something that would be kind of both uh, out of his typical sort of range and something where he could kind of hide behind a character and makeup. Uh, And so, basically, he came up with an American Christmas Carol. This was the project that he decided to do. Tonight, a very special retelling of Charles Dickens' Christmas classic, Claptrap, A Christmas Carol. Henry Winkler is the old Scrooge embittered by life. What is it you want? The past wants only to be remembered. Until life gave him a second chance, a chance for the future. In a performance destined to become a classic, Henry Winkler in An American Christmas Carol. A very merry Christmas. So the setting is Depression-era New England, 
oh. uh, specifically in New Hampshire. And Winkler plays a Scrooge avatar named Benedict Slade. It was a kind of a self-made man okay. who made his fortune by basically repossessing goods from customers who couldn't afford to pay his outrageous interest raise. And he had this mm. giant warehouse full of repossessed goods that he hoarded. Uh, not a very nice man. He spends Christmas Eve doing just that, repossessing a wood-burning stove from a poor family poor. Uh, in New England in winter. That's very, horrible. Yeah, very, very Scroogey. Uh, <laughs> that's not a word, by the way. It's not. Um, but if you can hear the wind, we're just in the middle of a tornado. No big deal. No big deal, really. I just, uh, wow. No, I, I think I saw some ruby slippers fly by. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. We're all good so far. So as, as you know, as these things go during the, this type of story, Slate is visited by the three ghosts. And in seeing you know his past, his present, and future through other people's eyes, uh, he sees that the choices that he made during his life were the wrong choices. No. He chose to give up love. He chose to give up a connection with family. Uh, but, you know, of course, as the story always goes, uh, it uh, you know, he finds out there's always time to make amends. Mm, cool. And do the right and moral thing. Always redemption. Yeah, there's always that, that sort of redemption in there, which is nice. Uh, but what really makes this version special really is Henry Winkler. Um, he had an assist for, from some truly amazing, like, uh, old age makeup effects uh, <laughs> by a guy named uh, Rick Baker, who oh. is, a, a, is basically a god considered yeah. uh, in the makeup and practical special effects, effects special effects yeah, community. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it, it was an amazing job. Uh, doing the old age makeup. And he is really believable as kind of this elderly miser. Um, he gets to show off his acting chops because he's kind of hidden behind this makeup and he can kind of do what he wants to do and kind of really go for it. And he does. Uh, so it was a, a, a very different kind of character from what people were used to seeing. And I think it, at the time, some people were kind of thrown off by that because mm. they were expecting, you know, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, and they got a really decent sort of version of A Christmas Carol mm -hmm. uh, to watch. Um, like I said, I watched it when it first aired, 1979. I remember watching it uh, Christmas of that year, uh, and I loved it. I really loved it. Um, I watched it again recently, and... You know, while it doesn't hold up quite as well yeah, of course. as I remembered, it's still a really good adaptation of the story. And unlike some of the versions I've seen, it's not like sickeningly sweet at the end. Okay. It's yeah. kind of dark. Um, but, you know, because it's during the Depression and all that, it makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, it, more it's more realistic that way. I think it is more realistic yeah. that way. And it's definitely worth checking out mm -hmm. if you want to see a different but very serious take on A Christmas Carol. Hmm. So that's my first pick. And now I've got some scores. Uh, Ooh. It gets a 6.9 on oh. the Internet Movie Database. Decent. And a 58% on mm, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch this, it's actually able uh, available for free on the Tubi streaming app. Oh, I love app. Tubi. And if you subscribe to Amazon Prime Video or uh, one of my favorite sort of lesser known streaming apps is Shout Factory TV. Yes, I love Shout Factory. They have mm -hmm. some great sort of genre stuff there. A lot of like horror stuff too. A lot of horror, a lot yeah. of fantasy stuff. Really, really great catalog. Very mm -hmm. interesting catalog stuff. So check that out if you get a chance. So that was my first pick, an American Christmas Carol. Ooh. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. You know, I love the 1992 uh, <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol. Have yeah. you ever watched that? I have watched that. It's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. The, it I was talking to my husband the other day, and he said, oh, yeah, you know, the one starring our Lord and Savior Kermit. 
Hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a Muppet freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah. for Muppets. That's okay. Yeah, That's, but anyways, I love that one because you know, um, it takes a lot to puppeteer. I think, but what's really great about about the Muppets is they they make it so that it's just not obvious to kids. And this one is no different because the acting between the humans. Oh, Michael Caine's in this too. I think. Oh, but he's in everything contractually. The, well, yeah, that's true. But anyways, it, it's it's really well put together. And what I love about it, too, is that it, it stands up. You know, yeah. It, the, oh, yeah. the cinematography is really great. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't age itself too, too much. And plus, who doesn't love Kermit? Really? Yeah. Everybody loves Kermit. Oh, yeah. And uh, and once again, let's pour one out for, for poor old Big Bird. Oh, yeah. So... Oh, man. Carol Spinney, what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. We met him uh, recently at, uh, what was it, Rhode Island Comic Con, I think. Uh, we got to take a picture with him. Uh, lovely, lovely guy. But you could tell, like, he wasn't feeling too great. Mm. Um, and we talked to his wife, Mrs. Big Bird, and she was just super kind. And they gave us, believe it or not, some feathers from the Ooh. original Big Bird wow. uh, puppet. Yeah, it was, we broke down in tears. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we did. But he was such a lovely guy. Oh, I mean, for so nearly sweet. 50 years, he was Big Bird. Yeah. Um, I also saw that recently on the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street, he mm-hmm. had a cameo, too, yeah. which I think it's really kind of that weird time of year. We talked about it last episode, too, with Mr. Rogers movie coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. It just it's like my entire childhood is coming back. And suddenly everyone's like, this is amazing. But yeah, so rest in peace, Carol Spinney. You're a lovely, lovely human being, and thank you for everything you did for us. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Very nice. Good tribute. I like that. Thank you. All right. So uh, you had what was the you had Muppet Christmas Carol, right? That's one of my favorites. I also oh oh oh. Do you ever have? Do you ever watch VH1 way back in the the oh, day? Oh well, sure. So do you remember on VH1 back in like 2000 they had a a, a spinoff. It was called the Divas Christmas Carol, and it was with Vanessa Williams oh and and the guy what's his name John Taylor from Duran Duran. Wow. He was the he wasn't a ghost, but he was like the guide, like telling her about oh this is this person that person, and it followed the same scheme, but it was just super funny, and it was right before. I think she got in trouble for some photos or something. Oh, actually, that was um, that happened. Vanessa Williams that happened yeah. actually in the eighties. Oh, did it? When she was so maybe uh, this was her comeback. Like penthouse. I think she oh, did like well, something like that. Didn't she also sing the the song for Pocahontas? I'm not sure. She did the calls of the wind, I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, I love that one. Oh, what about? I think I've mentioned it too. Last year, um, 1995's Ebby with Susan Lucci. Oh, that's right. And the giant turkey. That so funny. Wow. Uh, also, I would be. Uh, I would be. What is it? I would. Rem- I would be remiss if I didn't mention 1988 Scrooged oh, with well, Bill Murray. Course. Because that's, that's amazing. A classic. Oh, also, I think my favorite one, truly my favorite one, is the 1984 TV version starring George C. Scott and David Warner. Oh, David yeah. Warner, yeah, if yeah, you remember, yeah. oh, is... Oh, David um, Warner's amazing. He was in Titanic. He was the guy. Yeah. He was the, that guy with the face. <laughs> that got wet he was, the, in the movie. He was, like, the sidekick guy who was always trying to shoot and kill Jack. And he, you know, the British guy. Just go watch it. He's he a good actor. He was also in Star Trek. And he was oh, also in yeah, Tron. Yeah. So and many Time spokes. Bandits. And just you know, so many amazing all of these programs. Star Wars Trek and Star Wars Trek Wars Trek people. Let me let me reverse that. Yeah, all these <laughs> Star Trek people, they seem to like follow each other on different projects. You ever watch the Gargoyles? Oh, the Disney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, that's on Disney Plus. It's so good. But anyways, those are almost voiced by all Star Trek people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you ever watch North and South? Uh, it was a. Um, 
It was Patrick Swayze was in it. Um, oh yeah, Didn't, wasn't Jonathan Frakes in that? Riker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he was the brother that nobody liked. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Very you get nice. another pick. I do have another pick, and this one is probably the most interesting one that <laughs> I've seen ever. Is it the Bollywood version? It is not the Bollywood version. <laughs> it is not. Uh, so my second pick is a very very interesting and also very political take. On the classic story. And it was a made-for-TV film. That makes me scared. It's 1964's Carol for Another Christmas. Uh, So this time, our stand-in for Scrooge is a modern-day, at least for the mid-60s anyway, industrial tycoon named Daniel Grudge. Yes, that's his last name, (laughs) Grudge. Not very subtle, but there you go. Yeah. So Mr. Grudge is a staunch isolationist. So after his son Marley... was killed in action during World War II, Grudge wants America to have no part in international conflicts or affairs. His goal is to make America so strong militarily that no other country would dare attack us. So very Mm. hawkish. To that end, he uses his influence to quash any foreign aid to poorer countries and curtail the work done by the United Nations. Wow. He even stops funding for a cultural exchange program headed up by his nephew. Is he the president? No, he's not. But he's, like I said, he's an industrial tycoon. But he's got a lot of political influence. Got it. Okay, okay. So, you know, money talks. So, of course, the ghosts visit him. And Grudge finds himself first on a World War II era troop ship that is carrying the souls of dead soldiers from every war and all nations. Wow. It's a ghost ship. And it is very creepy. Like from uh, Ghostbusters, when the Titanic pulls in. Okay, I'm editing that out. Uh, but it's 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 like the way they describe it, it's like super creepy. Um, is his so, son on that ship? Well, I'm not going to give that away. Okay, never mind. But So then he takes, then, the, then the, the ghost of Christmas past also takes him to Hiroshima. Oh, no. To witness the horrors of the nuclear bomb's aftermath. Wow, this is super political. It is. So... Uh, he he takes uh, he shows him uh, there's this uh, burn ward on Hiroshima Ooh. and there's all these uh, and it's full of school children who oh, looked tough. up at the sky when the plane dropped the bomb and so he he asks he says so how how badly were they were they burned and and they and they tell him they have no faces and they walk in and they're all like covered in these shrouds and it's just like oh it's so creepy and very wow. just like disturbing right especially for you know something that was made in the mid-60s um so after that the ghost uh, of christmas present shows grudge these poor starving families and they're they're actually digging through the snow to try to find something to eat Aww. and it's it's heartbreaking the hungry part of mankind the anguished part the dispossessed. If you shared a loaf of bread with them, how would you be relinquishing your freedom? Or if you joined other nations to administer vaccinations to their children, how would you have desecrated your flag? Or if you had offered them solace and hope and comfort, how would you have made yourself susceptible to tyranny? What are they singing? Foreign words, 
But not necessarily conspiracies to destroy you, Mr. Grudge. Just Christmas songs. And of those who do not celebrate Christmas, songs of hope. They sang them in their languages before you did in yours. Your Christmases have just been a lot merrier, that's all. Uh, and the final ghost takes Grudge to this horrible future, which is a post-apocalyptic holocaust that is uh, ruled over by a tyrant. Mm. And uh, it's it's dark as all get out, this thing. Wow. So, and so Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> needless to say, though, uh, our, our Grinchy Grudge sees the error of his ways. Uh, but there's a bigger point here. That this that this uh, movie was trying to make. So uh, interestingly enough, and this is uh, this goes back into, into American history a little bit. This show, this this movie was actually commissioned by the United Nations itself as a way to promote the organization and get more support for the UN in America. It was designed to be part of a series of movies to promote the United Nations and try to get more support for the UN. So very interesting that it was actually the UN that wanted to do this to make these movies uh which is like it blows my mind to think that that's actually you know that they actually did that when did you say it was made 1964 so was it like mid protest of the vietnam war uh that really hadn't started in earnest yet okay uh that wouldn't that wouldn't start for another few years yeah okay but it was it was in the background yeah. right so it was a, a very hot uh, you know, hot potato, pol- politically speaking. Right. Um, so, and it was, it, it's very, very well done. The talent behind the camera is top notch. The program was directed by a man named Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who was also responsible for uh, a few small independent films like All About Eve, Guys and Dolls, Cleopatra. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, uh, he, didn't, he didn't do much in his career. Um, but this was actually the first and only time directing a made-for-TV movie. Right. Uh, so just for that reason alone, it's amazing. Now, this this movie, it's about a little less than an hour and a half long. It has a very Twilight Zone kind of feel to it. It's in black and white. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it has, and it, it feels like this for a good reason because it was written by Twilight Zone creator Rod Serling. Oh, Rod Serling. So, yeah. He oh. wrote the screenplay for this. Uh, and the cast is amazing as well. It includes Robert Shaw, who is Quentin Jaws. Oh. Uh, Peter Sellers. From Dr. Oh, okay. Strangelove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Gazzara, who is the bad guy in Roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Uh, Eva Marie Saint, Steve Lawrence, Sterling Hayden. It's got a great cast of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, really amazing actors. But it's an almost forgotten piece of not only television history, but America's role in international politics as well, because it was produced by the United Nations. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, as far as the scores go, uh, Carol for Another Christmas gets a 6.7 out of 10 on the mm, Internet Movie Database. Uh, and it is available for free on YouTube. You can check it out. Nice. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Um, it has, like I said, it feels like a Twilight, like an extended Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really dark imagery. It's really trying to hit the point home that, that right. nations need to work together yep. and talk things out. And diplomacy is key. Because if not, you know, really bad things can happen. Well, it's probably brilliant, too, on their part to make it a made-for-TV movie as opposed to a feature film. Yeah, so everybody can see it. Right. More of a widespread audience. Exactly. Interesting. So, yeah, and it it, it amazes me that I, I, I never heard of this until I started doing some research. Yeah. And I was like, what is what is this? Rod Serling? And so I had to watch it and I was blown away by it. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. Great yeah. acting in it, too. It feels, I feel guilty even just listening to it. You should. <laughs> Once again, Merry Christmas. 
Happy holidays. Oh, boy. Let that seasonal depression kick in. (laughs) Wow. It's a thing. All right. So to uh, recap Mm -hmm. the picks. Mine was 1999's A Christmas Carol starring Sir Patrick Stewart and Richard E. Grant, who I love. Mm, He's he's very good. And then I had a bunch of other favorites. Yes, yes. So uh, for me, it was uh, Henry Winkler in An American Christmas Carol and uh, 1964's Carol for Another Christmas uh, written by Rod Serling. So check it out if you get the chance. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. really, really want to be depressed for Christmas, uh, <laughs> this is the way to go. Or you could just watch it in between the Rankin and Bass Christmas movies so you're just ah. happy afterwards. Speaking of that, <gasps> oh. next Deep Dive Microcast. Which are so fun. Yes. We are going to tell you the story of the most famous Christmas special of all. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the company that brought it and many other animated classics to us, Rankin Bass. Mad Man Monster Party. And so many others. Did you know? Here's a, here's a quick fact. Uh, all of those stop motion uh, productions were made in Japan. No kidding. It is true. Huh. They, they were made in Japan. And uh, they invented that technique using the articulated uh, puppets for the stop motion that they uh, borrowed from Ray Harryhausen. (laughs) But they they perfected it. They would make uh, water out of cellophane. It was very cool. That is cool. Yeah. So we're going to find out more about Rankin-Bass and Rudolph on the next Deep Dive microcast. But in the meantime, be sure to visit our website at thedeepdivepodcast.com. Thank you. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our little dog and pony show. (laughs) And if you feel like rating us on iTunes, that would be great because that's how we reach other listeners. Yes. As long as it's a good rating and not bad. Uh... (laughs) But if you want to, you can also follow us on Instagram. We are Mm -hmm. at the Deep Dive Podcast, which I got to say, the year end special feels really awesome because we've just we've got so many friends along the way who have followed us, who have subscribed, who've downloaded us from Podbean. By the way, thank you, Podbean. Yes, indeed. Um, And so I just want to say a huge hello and huge shout out to everybody on our Instagram family. Mm -hmm. Uh, We love interacting with you. And thank you so much for liking our photos and visiting us and spreading the word. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, we do. Thank you to everybody. The feedback we get makes us all better. And please send us some suggestions. Send us your ideas. Who knows? We might even use them. Probably not. But (laughs) we might. There's always that possibility. So for The Mandalorian and all of us here in Studio D, I'm Tom Feeney. See you next time. Good night. Well, bye. Special thanks to Spirits of the Symphonic and EchoCraft for our amazing theme music. If you like us, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Overcast, or wherever fine podcasts are found. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. I'm not crazy. It's Christmas Eve. It's it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer we 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 smile a little easier we 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 share a little more for a couple of hours out of the whole year we are the people that we always hoped we would be <laughs>